uh, if you guys have your Bibles, we're going to be in Mark chapter 6. We're going to be in a story uh, that generally gets overlooked because it's near some really big Jesus stories here. We're going to look at Mark chapter 6, verses 30 through 32. We're going to deep dive into these three verses this morning. So just leave your Bible open there. It'll be up here on the screen. Uh, We are finishing up our summer series today. And next week, we're going to be starting a series on the book of Nehemiah. Pastor Randy will be back next week. And he will be uh, leading us through a series on Nehemiah. So get yourself ready for that. It's going to be awesome. Really looking forward to it. Uh, Mark chapter 6, verse 30. This is what God's word says. The apostles returned to Jesus and told him all they had done and taught. And he said to them, come away by yourselves to a desolate place and rest a while. For many were coming and going and they had no leisure even to eat. And they went away in the boat to a desolate place by themselves. This morning, I want to talk about the importance of getting into the boat. I want to talk about the importance of taking that intentional rest and getting into the boat. Have you ever been really tired? Anybody ever been really tired? Or is it just me? If you're parents, your hands should be up. Been really tired. Yes. So I, whether, whether you, it feels like your legs are going to fall off tired, or I'm going to fall asleep in class tired, or you daydream about your pillow tired, I think we have all been tired. I remember a family vacation to Washington, D.C., and uh, we were uh, a little less than rich, and so we walked everywhere. I was probably seven, maybe eight, uh, and my legs have never been long, and so it's just walking around Washington, D.C., seeing all of the sights. It's beautiful and exhausting, and so we finally get to lunch, which which seems to be at like four o'clock in the afternoon, and we're sitting down, and I'm just like, can I just lay right here on the public sidewalk, please, for the rest of the day? That would be wonderful. No? Okay, great. Let's stand back up. Let's walk some more because that's super fun to a seven-year-old. Hey, my page just flipped over. Or there's that time in college, right, where I think it's completely unreasonable to ask a college student whose eating habits are very good and sleeping habits are really good as well for them to get up for an 8 a.m. class called Intro to the Bible. Uh, Now, I'm not speaking from experience because I loved that class. Um, yeah, and that class uh, was where, you, know, you ever experience where you have to blink yourself awake? Where you're sitting there, this camera might need to zoom in on this. It's like, I got it. I'm going to stay awake. Somehow we think that that's going to be a natural response to staying awake. Or, or you get the head nods where you're sitting there, you're like, man, this is really, this is really good. Uh, this is awesome. Let me just, let's just do this. And then just, you know, you got like the lean and your head falls over because your head weighs like a million pounds when you're tired. Or maybe you have a newborn who isn't the best sleeper. Maybe that's not just our family. Maybe that's yours too. And you spend more hours each night counting the number of hours you have left to sleep. Anybody ever done that? If I fall asleep now, I'm going to get four solid hours of sleep. And that is enough to make big decisions, let me tell you. Oh, and if I fall asleep now, I'm going to get three and a half hours. If I fall asleep now, I'm going to get ten whole minutes. It's going to be great. Uh, We have all probably felt this, this physical tired before. We all need physical rest, but what we need more is the spiritual rest that can only come from intentional time with Christ. 
So here's our big idea. Here's our on-ramp. Here's where we're going for the morning. It should be up here on the screen. Intentional rest with Jesus is essential rest for our lives. Intentional rest with Jesus is essential rest for our lives. In 2020, we had to hit pause on everything we were doing. We had to hit pause on on our work schedules. We had to hit pause on vacation, pause on sports, on our schedules, on holidays. We had to hit pause with neighbors. We had to hit pause here at church. And here's what I feel like has happened. I feel like we have not resumed by hitting play, but we have resumed by hitting fast forward. And we're trying to make up for the year that we lost instead of learning from the year that we had. And so this morning, I think it's important to talk about intentional rest. And when we talk about intentional rest, I'm not talking about sleep. As important as that is, we're not talking about inactivity or we're talking, we're not talking about spiritual laziness. But intentional rest is up here on the screen. Intentional rest is placing ourselves before Jesus so that he can do personal inner work on our lives. Intentional rest is placing ourselves before Jesus so that he can do personal inner work on our lives. As a culture far before 2020, we struggled with intentional rest to the point where I think we neglected the idea of rest. And I don't know about you, maybe you resonate with this. Maybe, maybe when you neglect rest, you're like me. And, and I start to run at a pace that is not sustainable where fatigue becomes inevitable, where my priorities start to become adaptable and Satan starts to become believable. Today, I want to talk about the importance of getting in the boat. Our scripture starts out with the apostles. This is the only time in Mark's gospel that the disciples are called the apostles. You see, they were sent out as messengers of Jesus, which is what apostle means, sent out or messenger. They're coming back to Jesus to report on their work for Jesus and his kingdom. Jesus spends a few moments listening to them and then directs them towards the boat. Come away by yourselves to a desolate place and rest a while. You see, on their mission, they had no time to even eat, let alone rest. So they get into the boat and head out for what will only be a few moments of rest with Jesus. Today in our scripture, Jesus outlines three components of rest. The first one is in verse 30. There's a call for rest. There is a need for rest. Verse 30, the apostles returned to Jesus and told him all they had done and taught. Now, in order to understand where they are returning from, we have to go back a page for me. Maybe it's on the same page for you. To Mark chapter 6, verses 7 through 13. This is when Jesus sends them out. And he called the 12 and began to send them out two by two. That sounds familiar. That's biblical. And gave them authority over the unclean spirits. He charged them to take nothing for their journey except a staff, no bread, no bag, no money in their belts, but to wear sandals and not to put on two tunics. And he said to them, whenever you enter a house, stay there until you depart from there. And if any place will not receive you and they will not listen to you, when you leave, shake off the dust that is on your feet as a testimony against them. So they went out and proclaimed that people should repent. And they cast out many demons 
and anointed with oil many who were sick and healed them. And they return to Jesus and give them their report. Now, considering the nature of the disciples, I can imagine there's a little bit of interrupting and talking over one another because that's just kind of the way they are. Like, I imagine they come back and and Jesus is listening with enthusiasm, but I imagine they're interrupting each other and kind of butting in front of each other going, oh yeah, well, Jesus, guess what this happened? We had all these people and then they repented. It was so great. It's kind of like when you come home and you have little kids and they come up to you and, dad, we did this today. Oh, that's awesome. But we did this today. And it's, wow, that's great. This is too much information. Oh, we did this today. We did this. Then you ask your wife, what really happened today? She's like, we didn't do any of that. I don't know what they're talking about. Imagine the disciples interrupting, talking over one another with a simple excitement over what had just happened. And because Jesus is the good shepherd, and he knows each of his sheep, and knows that what they need before they even ask, he must have noticed that buried underneath their enthusiasm was a growing fatigue. Of course, their energy could be gathered from the adrenaline of seeing the transformative power of Jesus' name in the lives of others. And while they probably had the desire to keep going, Jesus saw their need to rest. Jesus is the initiator of rest. I think just like the disciples, we get wrapped up in what I'd like to label the velocity of life. The velocity of life is full of busyness. Schedules, calendars, and opportunities that we simply could not pass up. Schedules, work deadlines, the desires to have it all for ourselves, for our kids, and to look like we have it all together. Where our calendars have moved from being tools to which we organize our lives to now being masters that we serve. Our culture has placed such a high respect on busyness that if we sit even for a few moments... We are made to feel like we aren't doing enough or that we have some luxury that others cannot afford. Rest needs to be a priority for us. Ruth Haley Barton writes in her book, Invitation to Retreat. And if you need uh, some, some resources on, on quiet or retreat or silence or solitude, I've been reading on this for a year. So I got some books. Some are good. Some are, you know, cures for insomnia, but that's fine. Um, This one is fantastic, Invitation to Retreat. She writes, true inner retreat requires that we relinquish all our attempts to fill the void in the usual ways so we can peer into the abyss of our loneliness and emptiness long enough to find God there. To find God in our loneliness and our emptiness. See, rest helps us understand our limitations. The apostles were not seeing these limitations as they came back to Jesus, bubbling over with excitement and joy as they've watched lives change. They've watched people be healed in these moments from their words through the power of Jesus. They have this huge excitement, but Jesus wants them to understand their own limitations. See, Jesus Jesus loves them enough to show them their limitations. Rest is not just about slowing the pace, but making space. Making space to, with Jesus to reset and refresh ourselves. 
Intentional rest helps us see our limitations, slows down the velocity of life, and allows Jesus to make the necessary adjustments in our inner personal lives. There is a call to rest. Verse 31, there is a command to rest. You see, after Jesus listens to the apostles, the messengers that he sent out, he then commands them in verse 31. And he said to them, come away by yourselves to a desolate place and rest a while. That's not a suggestion. It was not a, hey, if you guys want to, come on, get in the boat. We're going to head over. There was no question about it. It's a command. Come away by yourselves to a desolate place and rest a while. For many were coming and going. They had no leisure even to eat. Jesus takes this moment to not just recognize their fatigue, but to recognize his need to teach them how to rest. See, Jesus has been a model all through scripture about how to rest and spend moments of silence and solitude with the Father. We read about that all through Mark's gospel. Mark 1.35, And rising very early in the morning, while it was still dark, he departed and went out to a desolate place. And there he prayed. Mark 3.7, Jesus withdrew with the disciples to the sea. He left a crowd and withdrew with his disciples to the sea. Mark 3.13, And he went up on a mountain and called to those whom he desired. Mark 4.7, And when he was alone, those around him with the twelve asked him about the parables. Jesus is not just the initiator of rest. He is the model of rest. He's the model of silence. And solitude before the Father. And now it was time for him to teach and train the disciples on how to rest with the Savior. Jesus outlines how to rest in verse 31. Right? There's four, there's four pieces here of how to rest. The first one, come away. He says, come away. Which means we have to leave, right? If we want a restful retreat, we have to leave the busy space that we are in. Come away. Let's get out of here. Let's go. Come away by yourselves. It's been too busy. You guys aren't eating. You're not sleeping. Come away by yourselves. Leave the needs of the people there because your need is to be filled. Come away by yourselves. Where to a desolate place. This word desolate is a lonely place, a place that is not packed with people. It's a place of wilderness. In Matthew chapter 4, we hear of Jesus being led by the Holy Spirit out into the wilderness. And here's the interesting piece here. The wilderness where Jesus was so greatly tempted is now the place where he goes to be with the Father. Come away by yourselves to a desolate place and rest a while. Take a few breaths. Verse 31 tells us they had not even had time to eat. People are constantly coming and going and always needing something. Does this sound like anybody else's life? Come away by yourselves to a desolate place and rest a while. Just like the disciples, we have become consumed by what I like to call the volume of distractions. The velocity of life, the volume of distractions, the volume of distraction has continued to rise in our culture as every restaurant has become equipped with a TV or 50 of them. 
Work emails follow us everywhere. Social media has become the backbone of our society. It's how we get information now. I prefer baseball uh, to be the pastime, but I think, I think social media is taking, taking it head on there. And in and of themselves, these devices and modern conveniences are not bad tools to use, but when they move from tools to being life support systems, then we have a problem. The worldview of constant connection has shifted our minds to always being on and never being silent. Intentional rest before Jesus gives us the opportunity to be silent before him. And instead of being filled with information, we are filled with his love and his grace and his truth. Jesus commands the disciples to rest by coming away by themselves to a desolate place and to rest a while. Intentional rest helps us hear the Savior's voice. It gives us the opportunity to listen to capital T truth and turns down the volume of distractions. So we have the call to rest, we have the command to rest, and now there is in verse 32 the communion of rest, the community of rest. Verse 32 says, And they went away in the boat to a desolate place by themselves, and they went away in the boat to a desolate place by themselves. Jesus recognizes their need for rest, commands them to rest, and now he takes them to rest. Jesus certainly knows and understands the fatigue they are fighting, the excitement they are experiencing, and the rest they are desperately in need of. So they get in the boat. And their journey of rest and communion with Jesus is brief as we learn in Mark's gospel. If we keep reading, we understand that as the boat leaves, the crowd follows along the seashore. Uh, they, they see them leaving, and I'm sure all the disciples are like, yes awesome. This is so much better. This is great. And then they see the herd of people uh, going on the seashore. You can almost picture it, right? As their boat is leaving. And then here comes all these people running around to meet them wherever the boat lands. And as they reach the shore, they are greeted by a large crowd waiting for them to arrive. And then we see Jesus's compassion as he feeds the 5,000. See, the disciples' brief time of rest with Jesus in the boat was their opportunity to refuel in the presence and in the community of Jesus, to be poured into by simply sitting at his feet in relationship with him. You're in a boat, there's no, but you can't, you're not talking to your neighbor, you're out in the middle of it with only the people that are in the boat with you. And we don't know what happens in these moments if everyone gets in and just closes their eyes. We don't know if that happens. We don't know if they get in and they're, they're awake, but they're all silent. You know, the stillness of the water. We don't know if Jesus is teaching or speaking with them, but what we do know is that Jesus taught them that intentional rest with him is essential rest for their lives. This community of rest allows the disciples to spend a few moments with Jesus before the volume gets turned up and the pace starts getting quicker and quicker again. Rest not only helps us see our limitations and hear the voice of the Savior, but rest makes us available to build relationships with Jesus. 
these moments of rest in the presence of Jesus gave the disciples a community to grow with. I think we live in a culture that is experiencing a vacancy in relationships. Our culture has become more infatuated with followers than with friends. We welcome people's comments online more than we welcome people in our homes. We would rather rally around an argument than gather around a dinner table. We have become obsessed with likes and completely forgotten about love. Our culture celebrates brief connection over long-term community. And an honest self-evaluation would probably indicate we have done this with our relationship with Jesus as well. Do we have an everyday relationship with him? Or do we have a a once-a-week connection with him? Intentional rest with Jesus reminds us of our need for Jesus to fill the vacancy of relationships in our lives. Rest and solitude with Jesus help us recognize our need for community with him. I share this verse a lot. I don't live this verse very well, but I share this verse a lot. Matthew eleven twenty eight. 28, Jesus says, Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. See, Jesus is not just the initiator of rest. He's not just the model of rest. He is the location of rest. And it's not an if, but when we are Weary, when we labor, when we are heavy laden and we need rest, Jesus is the initiator, the model, and the location of rest. But church, we have to get in the boat. As much as our culture influences our lives, it's our responsibility as Christ followers to answer the call for rest, to obey the command of rest, and to be filled by the relationship of rest. We have to get in the boat. This boat symbolizes a retreat. The boat symbolizes rest. The boat enhances the silence. The boat grows solitude and community at the same time. The boat allows us to see our limitations, hear the voice of Jesus, and recognize our need for intentional and authentic community with him. But we have to get in the boat. While the moments in the boat were brief, they were impactful. There were a lot of moments in the Gospels, a lot of moments where they're in the boat. They get to see Jesus perform a miracle by walking on the water, and then Peter, one of their own, gets down and does the same thing. They get to see Jesus calm the storm in a boat. They get to hear Jesus teach from a boat, there's a lot of impactful moments that happen in the boat, even if they are brief. You see, demands aren't going to go away. They're going to be waiting on the shore for us. But we can go away. We can rest and retreat by ourselves to a desolate place and rest a while with Jesus. Intentional rest is placing ourselves before Jesus so that he can do personal inner work in our lives. Rest is where we empty our burdens. It's where we engage with Christ. Rest is where we become equipped for what's next. So how do we rest? How do we do this? 
See, we're not talking about taking a three-month journey where we're off on retreat by ourselves. We get to journal and worship every day just in the silence of the mountain somewhere because that's not practical. We're not talking about even a three-day retreat where we go away and we're up, we're up at a state park and we're walking around and we're touching the water and, and journaling every day and reading our scriptures because, again, that's probably not applicable to most of us in the room. So how do we rest? How do we rest as employees that have to report for work? How do we rest as college students who are about to gear up for a big semester? How do we rest as single moms? How do we rest with kids in the house? How do we rest in a culture that constantly says go? Practical steps towards rest. There's three. Of course, there could be like a hundred of them. I think three are really important here. Number one, we have to recognize our limits. We have to recognize our limits and see where we have let our guard down and let something less significant in. Maybe for you, you need to write these down. Maybe you need to type them up and print them out and put them near your desk at work or near your desk at home. Write them down, print them out. But whatever we do, we have to remember our limits. We are not limitless. This is where we empty our burdens. This is where we ask the question, where am I in danger? If you can't figure out your own list, ask your spouse. Ask your parents. Ask your best friend. But be ready to receive that response. You see, if we do not recognize our limits, we will never recognize our need for rest. Number two, We have to prioritize scripture and prayer. We have to prioritize scripture and prayer. Once a week in the Bible is not enough. We have to create margin. And I know margin is not enough, but it's where to start. We have to create a few moments of margin in our lives to hear Jesus through his words. Maybe that margin looks like getting up 30 minutes before your kids or your spouse. Maybe that margin looks like reading a psalm in your car before you go into work. Maybe that margin is reading through scripture as a family around the dinner table or in your minivan. But whatever the margin is, take time and hear the words of Jesus. You see, I think often we we read the Bible, but we don't let it read us. We don't. We don't take those words and let them sit on our mind. We read it and then check it off our to-do list. We have to read it and let it just soak in. Soak into our minds, to our hearts, so that it will reflect through our actions and our words. We need to read with the expectancy that God's word is going to change how we live. This is where we engage with Christ. It's in his word, in our time spent with him. We have to recognize our limits. We have to prioritize scripture and prayer. And then the last one's not going to surprise you. We have to spend a few moments in the boat. And I say moments. Moments. We don't know how long this boat ride was. I'm sure somebody a lot smarter than me could calculate where they went, how fast the boat might have been going, what was the wind speed. I'm not that smart, so I don't know that for you. But from Mark's gospel, it looks like only a few moments, but a few moments taking in what Christ is going to give us will be the best moments of our day. 
spending moments in intentional rest with Jesus. We've talked about recognizing our limits. This is where we recognize our need and desire for Jesus. Moments in the boat, come away by yourselves, desolate place, rest a while. Maybe that desolate place is you wearing a hoodie in the morning and if you got your hood up, the kids aren't supposed to talk to you. I don't know what that looks like. Maybe for you, you have an attic that your kids don't know about and you get a ladder out. What's up there? Nothing. It's spicy. Don't, you don't want to come up here. It's bad. Don't come up here. It's fine. It's dirty. There's snakes. Don't come up here. Find a desolate place where it's you and the Lord and spend a few moments there receiving from Jesus. Rest is not just about rejuvenation, but it's about transformation. When we spend time in the boat resting before the feet of Jesus, we will become transformed, not because the act of rest is so there, but because we are resting in the place of Jesus. And we'll become equipped for what's next. Neglecting rest leaves us with a pace that is not sustainable, with fatigue and burnout become inevitable, where our priorities and previous convictions become adaptable, and where Satan starts to become believable. It's time we intentionally rest with Jesus, it's time we recognize our limits. It's time we prioritize scripture and prayer. Church, it's time to get in the boat.